just reading in the office before I came out to here. A light, a candle is not hid under a bushel. 
but it's set upon a hilltop. So let your light shine. Amen. Amen. You know, we always follow that song up at home with that one. Something in my soul like a stream coming down. It makes me feel so happy, happy as can be. When I think of Jesus and all he's done for me, gives me something more than gold in my soul, gives me something more than gold. Oh, yes, oh, yes, something more than gold. Something in my soul, oh, something in my soul, like a stream coming down. It makes me feel so happy, happy as can be, when I think of Jesus and all he's done for me. Gives me something more than gold in my soul, gives me something more than gold sing oh yes oh yes oh yes something more than gold something more than gold oh yes oh yes oh yes there is something more than gold in my soul there is something Sing the first verse again. Oh, something in my soul, like a stream coming down. It makes me feel so happy, happy as can be. When I think of Jesus and all he's done for me, gives me something more than gold in my soul, gives me something I've seen Brother Dan almost had it typed out. I didn't want to quit singing before he could get it up there for us. Amen. Why don't we just sing that little chorus as we turn to the word. Fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up. Is that your desire tonight that he would just come? And You know, we had such a good full course meal this morning, but maybe you have something, a little bit of dessert for us tonight. Amen. Who doesn't like dessert with their meal? Amen. Fill my cup,
Just lift our hearts up to him as we pray together. Father God, Lord, we come here tonight, Lord, just desiring, Father, that you would have the preeminence in this service. Lord, we see your spirit moving, Lord. Dear God, we just want to get in the right channel, Lord Jesus. Lord, I want to get myself out of the way that you could just come and speak, Lord, what you would desire to speak tonight, Lord. Dear God, and help each one of the hearers tonight to get themselves out of the way tonight, that they could hear, Lord, what you desire for them to hear tonight, Lord. Because, Lord, you're a sovereign God, and you're mindful of everyone that's gathered here in this house tonight, Lord. And we just believe that you're able to come to each one of us personally and speak to our hearts. And, Lord, we just give you the preeminence now in this service, asking, Lord, that you would bless the reading of the word, bless the hearing of it, Lord. We pray in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you, musicians. Let's take our Bibles together. We're going to turn right to the beginning, Genesis chapter 1. Thank you for the, the specials that were sung Tonight, I know those weren't just for me, but it certainly felt like they were. You know, I always get especially nervous when I'm speaking a subject that I haven't spoken before, but uh, the Lord was just mindful, and thank you for singing those songs. Amen. I don't see Brother John, but thank you, Brother John and sister. Amen. Genesis 1, verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God command, created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female 
created he them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Amen. May the Lord add his blessing to the word. You can have your seats. Sorry to keep you standing so long, but thank you for helping me to get some of my butterflies in a row. Amen. I want to speak tonight on the image of God. For we are made, man was made in the image of God originally. And uh, Brother Branham says in the message, God's power to transform. He says, now we find out that many times it looks like the Bible repeating or saying something to what it doesn't say. For instance, in Genesis 1, we find that God created man in his own image in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And he goes on and many things happen upon the earth and then we come to find out that there was no man to till the soil. Then God created man out of the dust of the earth. That was a different man. He breathed the spirit of life into him and he became a living soul. The first man was in the image of God, which is spirit. John 4 says, God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth, but God is a spirit. And the first man that he created was spirit man, and he was in the image and in the likeness of God. And then he put this man in flesh, and man fell. So then God could, could come down and become in the image of man, that he might redeem that fallen man. That's the real gospel story, to my opinion, Brother Branham says. And now... So he goes, he's speaking about creation, and he's speaking about man being made in the image of God, and he's speaking about him being made as, in a, as a spirit man first, and then God put him into a body that he made from the dust of the earth, and, and uh, then man became a living soul. And then in the very next quote, Brother Branham says, now God in 6,000 years had planted all these wonderful seeds. Or he had spoke his word, it shall be this way, this tree shall be, this shall be. Everything was perfect. It was just good. And he commanded each one of those seeds that they would be. They would transform themselves into the plant of which kind of life that the word of God had spoken in them should be. If it was an oak tree, it was to bring forth an oak. If it was a palm, it was to bring forth a palm. Amen. So... So, Brother Branham, and it, and it seems kind of disconnected how that Brother Branham would go from talking about God forming man and creating man in his own image and then making man of the dust of the earth and then going speaking about seeds. But, but it's, it's right in line because he's speaking, about, he's speaking about the same thing. He's speaking about the seeds that God had sown and how that each one of these seeds now had to bring forth of its kind and had to come to maturity. Now, as the word of God had gone forth, and now those seeds begin to come in maturity, begin, begin to grow. And, and, and you can read in Genesis 2 how it says this is the generations of creation and, and, and God had not yet sent rain upon the earth and a mist went up and, and now all of these 
trees and things that God had spoken and God had created begin to grow forth and begin to, uh, th- those seeds now begin to manifest themselves. And, and so now one of the things that God had spoken was man, that man would be made in his image. So that seed word of God, we know the spoken word is the original seed. And that spoken word that God said, let us make man in our image, had to come to maturity as well. So now that, that word begins to come begins to come into view. God begins to, to bring that word forth. And, and, and now first we see him as a spirit man and, and, and then we see God putting breath into him and, and, and bringing him forth. But So God is speaking about his seeds and how that these seeds must come to maturity. And we could read the parable where Jesus speaks about a sower that went forth to sow and how that, how that uh, the sower went out and, and, and he sowed all of his seeds in the earth and then an enemy came behind him and planted evil seed behind him, planted tares in with the good seed. And, and, and how that, that uh, the Lord used that, that parable and showed Brother Branham how that the rain would fall upon the just and the unjust. And how that the, the just were rejoicing in the, the Holy Spirit falling just as much as the unjust were rejoicing in the Holy Spirit falling. So there, was, there would be two seeds. And we find these seeds in the beginning how that they were sown. And, 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 and now, now we find uh, that they must come to their maturity. Because every seed that God planted must bring forth of its kind. And so, so we find that God had planted seed of himself. Sons of God. Amen. Now, Brother Branham would speak in questions and answers in, in, in Hebrews and in many different places. He speaks how that we were in him back then and. We're just laying a bit of a foundation here, so forgive me if it feels a bit disjointed. But he says, now there you are. That's the way we are here. We come from a higher being. In the beginning, we were in the image of God. The veil and the darkness keeps us from knowing it now. But Jesus told his disciples he was with them before the foundation of the world. See, we were. You can't know it now, but you was in the beginning. And, and if, see, God never had an original thought. Amen. If, if you are a son of God, you were in him before the world began. Because the son of God is one who has the life of God in him, eternal life in him. And the only kind of eternal life there is is God's own life. So we had to be in him there at the beginning. We had to be with him there in the beginning. So now, Brother Branham says, uh, you can't know it now, but you was in the beginning. And if this earthly tabernacle be dissolved, we have one already waiting. And we can, then we can move into this theophany, what we once lived, so we can eat and shake hands. In Job 38, it says, it says this, it says, uh, God speaking to Job, he says, Where was thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if thou hast understanding. Who hath laid the measures thereof, if thou knowest? Or who has stretched the line upon it? Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? Or who laid the cornerstone thereof? When the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. 
My, I thought that just Adam was back there. But no, God speaking to Job says, where were you when the morning stars sang together? When all the sons of God shouted for joy. When, when we were in Christ and, and, and we began to see God's, God's great plan. I, I don't know if we could see it or not, but we were in him there. Rejoicing in him there because we were a part of him. Just as you're a part of your earthly father, we were a part of our heavenly father. He knew you before the world began. In Ephesians 1, it says, According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Jesus says in John 17, Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. Amen. So all of God's sons were there in the Father, then come down through the Logos. You can find where Brother Branham speaks how that, that God in his creation, first thing that came out of God was the Logos came forth. And, and, and out from the Logos, the Logos began to now brood over the face of the earth, brood over his spoken word. But Brother Branham says, out of the Logos came forth man, made in the image of God. So now jumping, jumping ahead here, Jesus now said in John 12, he says, and Jesus answered them saying, the hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto eternal life. Now, again, what strange thoughts to put together. Jesus is talking about wheat, and then he's talking about loving life. So, so what, where can we, how can we put these together? Because, so, so Jesus now, he's not, he's not saying, I'm a corn of wheat, but he's giving us a type. He's giving us an example. He says, if you don't plant the corn of wheat, all you ever have is that one corn of wheat. But you have to take that corn of wheat, and it has to die, it has to rot, it has to, the moisture has to get to it so it rots in the ground. And, and when the sun beats upon it, it begins to sprout forth. And what does it bring forth? Well, it brings forth a little stalk of green grass. And, but that's not the mature crop. It's got to keep growing. And it brings forth the stalk. And it brings forth the head. And, and, and then the, the, the kernels of, of corn begin to form within that head. And, and pretty soon, it gets back into its original condition to bring forth the mature kernel of corn just like it did at the beginning. Whatever kind of grain that you plant, you plant it with the goal of gaining more of that original grain. So Jesus is saying, if, if I don't go and die, if I don't make a way for the rest of the crop to come, if I don't make to provide a way, for I am the way, the truth, and the life, if I don't make the way open, then, then there's, there's, it'll only ever just be me. But he said, I'm, I'm going to die for a purpose so that there might be many more sons born unto God, so that I might be the firstborn among many brethren. Amen. 
So, so then he says, he that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. So, so uh, it's kind of a paradox, but, but, uh, but he's speaking about something because we have to remember that originally we were made in the image of God. Originally, God made us in his image, and, and now he wants to bring us to maturity. He wants to bring us to completion. So, so first we were made in the image of God, and then God formed us into the image of, of man or, or, or beast and, and, and put the spirit of man within that so that, so that he, could, he could interact in this world, could interact with his earthly dwelling place and interact with his dominion that God had given him. So, so now, but now through sin, because of sin, we lost our connection to that spirit realm. We lost our connection to the spirit of God. No longer could we have fellowship with God like Christ had fellowship with God. No longer could we have fellowship with God like Adam had fellowship with God because of the fall. So, so because we had lost our connection, now all we had was we were born in sin, shaped in iniquity, come in the world speaking lies, and, and, and the only thing that, that really, uh, that, that is real to us when we're born upon this earth is this fleshly connection, is this connection of this body to this world, and, and, and this connection of, of this beast to this beast's realm, if we could say it this way. And so Jesus is saying, if you love the flesh, if you love this fleshly life, if you love the pleasures of this world, if you love the, the pleasures that can be produced by trying to build yourself a kingdom and, and rule down here and have authority and, 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 and make yourself some kind of existence, if, if you love that and that gives you pleasure and, and enjoyment and you want to stay there, he says, he that loveth his life shall lose it. Why? Because there's no life in that. There's only death in that because that life came by sin. But, but he says, he that, he that hateth his life, he that, that hateth, says, Lord, there's got to be more than life. That there's something inside of you, a seed gene of God that's saying there's something more to life than what I'm seeing. There's something, there's something speaking to me from a different realm. He that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. There's, why? Because there's something calling. Because you came from God and, and you'll go back to God then. But if there's no connection between you and the eternal, if there's nothing down in the heart that's pulling you to God, then, then there's no life there. You're just here today and gone tomorrow. Amen. Romans 8, it says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So there's two different kinds of life. The carnal life and spiritual life. Two different beings. You're attached to two different places. By the spirit realm, there's something that pulls you to God. By the natural, this fleshly realm, there's something that pulls you to this world. To be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. And that means, that word enmity means hatred. The, the, the carnal mind has, has, uh, is, is at odds, is against God. It, it, 
For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. He that loveth this life shall lose it, but he that hateth this life, he that is at odds, he that is at enmity with this flesh. For as it says in Genesis 3, it says, I will put enmity between thee and the woman. And between thy seed and her seed. And it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. So we know that that was speaking of Christ. And how that there was enmity between the serpent seed and God's seed. But you, excuse me, but you were in him there. You were in Christ. The spirit that's in you, if the spirit of God dwell in you, the spirit that is in you was in Christ there. So just like there was enmity between Christ and the serpent seed, there was enmity between Christ and the flesh, there will also be enmity between every son and daughter of God and this fleshly nature. There's a war going on. You don't have to look for hatred out in the world. You don't have to look for somebody to hate you. No, you got to wake up every morning with this fleshly nature that hates the ways of God, that's constantly trying to rebel against the ways of God because this carnal flesh cannot be in subjection to God, the Bible says. It is not subject to the law of God, neither can be. So you have to wake up every morning and tell your body, we're not walking by the carnal ways. We're not walking in the carnal mind, but we're walking with the Lord. I am a new creature in Christ, and it doesn't matter what you say, flesh. It doesn't matter how much you hate it, flesh, because this is the only place that satisfies the longing in my soul. We can look at Jesus when he was in temptation. Satan thought that he could talk him out of it just like he did Eve. Satan comes to him and says, Oh, if thou be the Son of God, if thou be, if you're really this one, if you're really this one who who is now come, oh, then why don't you just take these stones and turn them into bread? He's such a slicker. He tried to come to Christ in such a slick way and just say, Hey, Hey, you know, just like he did, hey, you know, half God said, half God said that you shouldn't eat from this tree. Half God said, oh, God didn't really mean that. But so he comes, came to Christ in the same way. He says, oh, I got Eve the first time and, and I'll get this. There's no way this fellow that no beauty in him that we should desire him. My, he just looks like every, every other average man. He just, there's, there's just nothing about him that stands out. There's no way that, that this is the Messiah. There's no way that this is God in flesh. There, there, how could that be possible? Oh, oh, okay, well, if you're the son of God, then, then you know, why don't you just... You're hungry, so just turn these stones into bread. Oh, if you're the son of God, just cast yourself down from the the temple. If you're the son of God, why don't you just worship me, and I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world, because they they belong to me, and and I'll just, I'll give them to you. Sure, you know, if you're the son of God, just just prove it, and just bow down and worship me. I'll give you everything, and then you can... You can be ruler over all of it. But, but Jesus was not tempted by the... Oh, he was tempted, but he never sinned. He, 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 he was the word in flesh. And, and when something, when Satan tried to come against the word, when Satan tried to come against it, and, and oh, he thought he was sly, he thought he was slick, but, but, but nothing could defeat the word. 
Jesus wasn't interested in the flesh. Jesus wasn't interested. He came in the flesh that he might redeem our mortal bodies. No, he didn't come in the flesh because, oh, humanity is just down there having a good time. I want to go down and see what it's all about. No, he wasn't interested in the pleasures of the flesh. He was interested in the word. He was interested in bringing his word to maturity. He was interested in bringing his seed, word, sons and daughters of God to maturity. So he had to come down that he might redeem their flesh Satan tried the best that he could but, but he, couldn't, he couldn't do nothing about it he couldn't trip him up he left there disappointed that day when he came to Eve the serpent said for God doth know that in the day you eat thereof then your, your eyes shall be opened and you shall be as gods knowing good and evil but they already were as gods, small g. They already were as gods because God had made them in his image. And he, and he had made them, and, 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 and his, his purpose for them was to have dominion over the, the earth, to have dominion over creation, to have dominion over all the, the fowls, over all the beasts, over every living creature, to have dominion over the serpent and, and his lineage, to have dominion over them, to be Kings and priests unto God. Isn't that what Christ came and what Christ did by his sacrifice? He made us kings and priests unto God. So therefore, that was his purpose. That was, that was his, his image that he had of man in his mind before the world began. I'll make them kings and priests unto me. And they'll rule over this dominion. And Christ himself, who's Christ? He's the prince of the kings of the earth. So the serpent said to Eve, God doth know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened and you shall be as gods, knowing both good and evil. But we don't, as we can learn just from reading the Bible, that we don't become gods into God's image. We don't come into the maturity of what God saw of us before the world began. We don't come to the image of God by, through knowledge, through the tree of knowledge of good and evil. We know that the only thing that brings is death. So we don't become into God's image by knowledge. We come in his image when we reject all of the knowledge and take the word by faith. That's how we are molded into the image of God is, is when we, just as Christ did, reject all of the knowledge of this world, reject all of the pleasures of this world and take the word instead. Take the word regardless. Brother Branham says in Jehovah Jireh, he says, then when he separated Eve from Adam... Eve fell by disbelieving the word. That's right. That's where the church failed today, disbelieving the word. But in this case, to the royal seed called predestinated to eternal life, the royal seed of Abraham, they believe the, that word. I don't care what comes or goes, how much they laugh, who says this, that, or the other? They are ordained to eternal life. 
So it's a different way than the way of the flesh. It's a way of faith. And it can't be comprehended by the carnal mind. The carnal mind looks at circumstances. The carnal mind looks at sickness. The carnal mind looks at, at, at obstacles, looks at financial difficulty, looks at, at size, looks at, at differences, looks at skin colors, looks at all kinds of, uh, of different obstacles that, that might be in the way. But, but, but God's way, the way of, of His Holy Spirit does not look at circumstances. As Brother Ed quoted this morning, no circumstances will be considered when faith finds its bedding ground. What a statement. No circumstances will be considered. It's like a sign on the door of your life. When, when the Holy Spirit comes into your heart and begins working and begins building and begins growing your life, there's a sign on the door. When Satan comes knocking, there's a sign on the door that says, no circumstances will be considered. It doesn't matter what you're bringing. It doesn't matter what kind of box of rattlesnakes he might mail to your doorway. No circumstances will be considered. But what about this? But what about that? I don't feel so good. I don't look so good. I, I can't make it. I'm not as good as this, brother. I'm not as good. No circumstances will be considered when faith has found its bedding ground. It's a different way than the way of the flesh. And that is the way that God is bringing us back to. Because we were made in the image of God. And God is bringing every one of his seeds to maturity. So, so this way now that we have entered into, this way we spoke about last time we were here. Hebrews 10, 19 says, Having therefore, brethren... Boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Where is this way found? It's found in the holiest. That's where you've got to go. That's where you have to press into, into the holiest. Having boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh, taking us beyond the flesh into something different. Christ is bringing us into something different. We get so stuck in this fleshly body. We get so stuck in circumstances and looking at what's happening around us and looking at what so-and-so said and looking at what Google says. And, and now we got this AI thing that's going to feed us all kinds of information. But, but we've got to look beyond that. Because God has taken us into a new and a living way that denies all circumstance that stands in the way of what faith says. The seed beginning to show forth its origins. Christ making a way. Now God is beginning to reveal what, what this seed was that he planted in the beginning. Let us make man in our image. God begins to show forth what this means. This mystery that was hidden in God from before the world began. He's now beginning to reveal himself. Now beginning to reveal what does this mean. Satan thought that he had messed up the whole plan of God when, when he caused Eve to fall and, and through Eve, Adam falling. And Satan, Satan thought, there, I've got it. I, I've finished it all. Who, who was Satan? That Lucifer, the one that said, oh, I will ascend. I will be like God. 
He, he watched God. He was there. And, and as, as God says, let us make man in our image. Lucifer rises up and says, but I want to be like God. I want to be exalted. I want to be lifted up. And so he, so he was determined. He was determined to bring that seed down. He was determined to cause it to fall. He was determined to ruin God's plan because he wanted to sit there. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne. Satan wanted to sit there. He wanted to sit in the throne of God. He wanted to be worshipped. He wanted to be lifted up. And, and, but, but now, as, as he was determined to cause this fall, determined to, to bring it about that, that, that he might ruin God's plan, he thought, when, when he made Eve fall, he thought, I did it. I wrecked God's plan, not knowing that that seed had to go into the ground and die. Because, because God wanted to bring, God had a plan, God had a thought, God had a certain character in his mind, God had, had a certain image in his mind. When he planted that seed, it written in the, in, the, in the DNA of that seed was exactly what it was going to be at the end time. God's plan right from the beginning was God and man one. The Satan didn't know that. It was hidden in God. Satan didn't know it, but God knew it. And he's watching Satan move. He's watching Satan move, watching what Satan's doing. Yes, that's just exactly what I needed to happen. Just like in the days of Ahab when, when, when the Lord said, Who, how will we bring Elijah's word to pass? And a lying spirit comes up. Oh, I'll make them lie. I'll make them, I'll make them speak. And God said, Go, you'll be successful. What is it? Satan and his angels doing the work of God. Satan, he thinks he's such a rebel that he's got it all figured out and he's got his own kingdom, his own program, and Satan's eating. And meanwhile, God says, yeah, you're just doing exactly what I needed. So, so now, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest, because you must enter into him that, that, you, might, that you might be able to, to come because in him is all strength, in him is all life, in him is, is all goodness. And, and if, if that seed within your heart is, is going to grow into the maturity of what a son and a daughter of God really is, then you have to get into him. You have to get in where the life is. You have to get in where the strength is. You have to get in where the, the, the water of the word is, where you can be watered and grow and grow in Jesus Christ. you got to get in there. And so let us have boldness to enter in to this holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and, living, new and living way which he has consecrated for us through the veil. That is to say his flesh. And then a couple chapters later, Hebrews chapter 12, it speaks about this place that we are come to. And it says, for you are not come unto the mountain that might be touched. You're not come unto a fleshly place. You're not come unto something that's part of this world. But you now have moved beyond the realms of flesh. And he says in verse 22, he says, you are come unto Mount Zion. You are come unto the city of the living God. You are come unto the heavenly Jerusalem. You're come to the innumerable company of angels. 
Amen. Elijah or Elisha saw them surrounding the city that day. And, 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 and his servant Gehazi said, oh, I'm terrified. The Syrian army is here. Elisha said, there's more with us than there is with them. Oh, if we could see into the unseen tonight, there's more with us than there is with them. We've come unto an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn which are written in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. Not to the flesh of men made perfect. God is not dealing in the ways of the flesh anymore, but he's dealing in the spirit realm. He's dealing in the realm that you were originally made in. He's working on your life in that realm. And you are come to a place where your spirit can now be perfected in Jesus Christ. Don't worry about the flesh. Don't worry about circumstances. Don't worry about whether you're just not the man that you always wanted to be. You know, the world, that's what they want to pin up all around us. Oh, this is the, the ultimate woman. This is the ultimate man. This is what you got to do to get her. These are the diets that you need to eat. No, God's not working after the ways of the flesh. That's for the serpent and for his seed. But for the sons and daughters of God, he is working in the spirit realm. Because you're come to the spirits of just men made perfect. Whom he has justified, he has already glorified. Amen. It's God doing the work. We just got to get into him and just fall in love with Christ. Like Brother Ed said this morning, just fall in love with him. He'll take care of the rest. That's what you got to do. Get, just fall in love with him. Press into Christ. When you're in love with somebody, you just want to spend more time with them. Pretty soon work is just getting in the way of spending time with Christ. Pretty soon everything's just getting in the way. These bills that you got to pay, they're getting in the way of spending time with Christ. Because there's something in you that's calling you deeper, calling you higher. But there's a purpose in all these natural things. There's a purpose in all these things. Otherwise, God would not have formed man from the dust of the earth in the first place. But there's a purpose to these things. But you're come to the spirits of just men made perfect. Brother Adam says, now a man that's born of the Spirit of God is a, a man then becomes in the image of God inwardly. So that was now that seed coming more mature. That seed be, become, beginning to reveal what it actually is. I'm going to talk about this, the devil getting worried. I thought I'd killed it. I thought I wrecked it. I thought I'd destroyed the thing. And what's happening? What's coming out of the ground? Every seed of God must come to its maturity. Must manifest what it, what it is. 1 John 3, 9, it says, Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him. The seed of God is in him. Whoever is born of God has the seed of God in him. He cannot commit sin. What is sin? Sin is unbelief. When you have the seed of God, when that seed gene has been quickened in your heart, you can't disbelieve the word of God. You cannot disbelieve it. Oh, Satan, Satan tries to trip you up and say, oh, see this mistake? See, see, you fell back into your old ways. What does that have to do with anything? God's not working after the flesh anymore. Amen. 
It doesn't matter what mistakes you make, something always brings you back to the Word. Because you're, it's just this carnal flesh tripping you up. But you never doubted the Word of God. You never doubted who you were. All of those sins one day are going back on Satan. And he cannot sin because he is born of God. That just does away with it. That just does away with the whole picture. Well, what are these mistakes? What are these shortcomings? I don't know what they are. They're just obstacles, circumstances. But when faith finds its bedding ground, no circumstances are relevant anymore. Like Paul talks about it in many chapters. Well, should we then just sin? God forbid, right? Whoever finds, even John speaks about it. When you find yourself in this condition, then you purify yourself even as God is pure. There's something in you that can't stand living in that condition. Can't stand the mistakes you make. Can't stand the times that you get tripped up. Why? Because there's something inside of you. The spirits of just men made perfect in Christ that says, come on flesh, get in line. And it will, because if the spirit that raised up Christ from the dead dwell in you, it'll also quicken your mortal body. So don't worry about this flesh. Don't worry about this body. It'll have to get in line. Just keep bringing it. Just keep tuning it in. Just keep mortifying the deeds of the flesh. One day it'll be transformed. And you'll have a body like unto his glorious body. In this the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God. Neither he that loveth not his brother. Oh, why did you have to add that in there? I, I like my arguments, and I like my disagreements, and I like being able to step on this brother's toe. Neither he that loveth not his brother. So maybe the devil's got you tripped up, and he likes to do that. He loves to sow discord among brethren. That's one of the things that God hates is he that sows discord among brethren. Who's sowing discord? Not the brothers. The brothers aren't sowing discord. But Satan gets in there. He says, oh, this brother really means this. And that brother is saying, oh, that brother really means that. And everybody's at discord and at odds and, and, and fighting. Meanwhile, if you just sit down, I remember many circumstances where, where I, I thought a certain brother thought something about me. And oh, it just rubbed me the wrong way. Time after time, I, just, I couldn't hardly even talk to that brother and, and finally I was like well the Bible says if a brother has something against you that you should go talk to him notice it doesn't say if you have something against the brother that you should go and talk to that brother because you know if you got something against the brother but you don't know if that brother has something against you so, but if you think he's got something against you, it might be all in your head. So the Bible says, go to that brother that, that you think has something against you and sit down with him and talk to him and say, hey, I think you got something against me. I think you, I think you keep bringing this up. I think, you, I think you, every time you look at me, I can see it in your eyes. I can see it. I can feel it in the way you shake my hand. <laughs> what is it? It's just the devil trying to sow discord among the brethren. Amity. So God teaches us, because we're his children, God teaches us to go to our brothers and find out that, hey, we're brothers. We can put our arms around. You know, and this, 
started the story, I better finish it. But this brother that, you know, I, I thought, this brother, you know, he just, oh, just the way that he talks to me, the way that, that he, he treats me, I know he has this issue with me. And so finally I said, all right, I better do what the word says. And I went and sat down and, brother, how come you think this about me? I don't even remember what it was, but brother, how come you think this about me? Oh, I don't think that. No, brother, look, you don't have to be nice. I know that, that you think such and such about me. I know that you feel this way because of this. No, no, I, I didn't do that. Well, what, what am I going to do? I got to take his word for it. That's what he's telling me. So, all right, brother. Well, thank you. Uh, here I was thinking this, and I'm glad we had this conversation because now... Now I'm not worried about it anymore. Now I don't think, now when he shakes my hand, I, oh, you always shake, you always shake hands like that. <laughs> We're strange people, us humans. <laughs> the woman at the well, in the flesh, there was nothing good. In the flesh, Jesus said, go get your husband and come here. She said, oh, I don't have a husband. You said the truth because you've had five, and the one that you're living with now is not your husband. My, she was messed up. Six, six men, she lived with six different men. You know, many of us would have wrote that case off a long time ago, but, but God didn't write that case off. No, he, he said there's something on the inside. Oh, the time is coming. Jesus said, the time is coming when men shall neither worship in this mountain nor in Jerusalem, but they'll worship God in spirit and in truth. This woman, Jesus said to her, she, he said, if thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, give me a drink, thou wouldest have asked him and he would have given thee living water. My, there was a new way. There was a new way that, that man was being ushered into. Something was happening, a transition. This seed was now shooting forth into a new stage. Something was changing. He's not working after the ways of the flesh anymore. If we, we'll go back to Eden for a moment. The, the fallen man, the flesh... Brother Brown says, now look, when man was made in the image of God, he did not fall. When he was made in the image of man, he fell. When he was made in the image of beasts out of the dust of the earth, that's where he fell. Eve fell because she disbelieved one word. Amen. She, she, what did she do? She took her identification with the flesh. She wasn't in the original creation. When God made man in his own image, and he was there as a spirit man, male and female created he them. That spirit, that female spirit was within the male spirit. They were one spirit. But there they were. She, she wasn't there. Brother Branham says she was a byproduct of the man. Satan couldn't get to Adam. He had to get to Adam through Eve. Adam couldn't be deceived. Adam wasn't deceived, but Eve was deceived. Why was Eve deceived? Because she wasn't in the original creation. 
She wasn't there when it all took place. She wasn't there. She, she didn't have knowledge of, of those things. And, and, and there, there she was now. When, when, when Eve wakes up and finds herself in, in her fleshly form, and, and there, there she is in this form, and, and she's living with Adam in this form, and Adam speaking, no doubt, about, about uh, things that, that used to be, you know, before we were made in the dust. You know, we, uh, I was a spirit, and your spirit was in my spirit, and we were together, one, and, and, and we had, you can read places where Brother Branham speaks of how that, that Adam in the, in the spirit led the animals just like the Holy Spirit leads the church. And in there, maybe he was speaking to Eve of those things, and Eve's just hearing it, but she wasn't there. She doesn't have knowledge of those things. And, and the serpent comes along, and the serpent says, oh, my, has God said that, 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 you, shouldn't, that you shouldn't eat of this tree? Well, let me tell you, because you weren't there. You know all those stories that Adam tells and shares, and you weren't there. I, you love the stories. I, I love the stories, too. I could, I could sit and could just listen to Adam for hours and hours. But let me tell you some other things that Adam hasn't told you yet. And he begins to sow seeds in her mind about the flesh, about the ways of the flesh. Oh, there's so much more to life that you haven't experienced. There's so much more about, oh, my, he keeps talking about spiritual things, but these fleshly things are very important too. There's some fleshly things that, that you need to know about. There's some things you need to understand about life. Oh, this will make you like a God. You'll know both good and evil. And, and she begins to spend too much time with this serpent and begins to listen to him too much and, 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 uh, and, until she's deceived and she, she takes and eats of the, the tree of knowledge of good and evil and, and takes and gives to her husband. And, and my, how, how Adam, the disappointment that Adam must have felt. Oh, the sorrow that Adam must have felt. Oh, Eve. Oh, Eve, what have you done? Eve, why, why have you partaken of that tree? Eve, that's not the way that God meant for us. God didn't mean for us to live after the ways of the flesh. God made us higher than that. God made us higher than the animals. God made us higher than those things. We, we're called to live by the spoken word. But Adam, out of such great love for his wife, because she was flesh of his flesh and bone of his bones, he partook of sin with her and fell with her, knowing what he was what he was entering into. But she took her identification in the flesh instead of in the spirit. And now when we are born, that's the identification that we're born with. And God has to come by our way and teach us, oh, that's what's different. That's, that's why there's a hunger in my heart. That's why there's something that's not satisfied. That's why there's something that's not fulfilled with with. with, with with uh, the worldly pleasures of this life. Amen. You know, we see serpent seed being manifest in this age. It was prophesied of in the Bible. In the last days, perilous times shall come. Men shall be lovers of their own selves, more than lovers of God. They're lovers of pleasure and, and false accusers, incontinent despisers of those that are good. Brother Branham says in the deity of Christ, he said, but there was no man to till the soil, so God made man out of the dust of the earth. And that man... He might have made him, might have given hands like a monkey. He might have given feet like a bear. Whatever he did, he just throwed it together and made a man. But this man, he puts this immortal spirit that never dies into this man. And he became more than a brute. He became a man. 
Then this man out here, that's what I think that atheist and some of them standing around arguing, but the hour has come when God shed forth his light. There is an hour here that when God is doing things, that, that's right. So now when they argue, well, his feet look like a bear, his hands look like an ape or a monkey or so forth, they try to say his origin come that. That has nothing to do with it. That has nothing to do with it. This is the body of flesh that he is just living in, like a house. It's going back to the dust of the earth. But the spirit is immortal. It comes from God. That's the image of God. God is a spirit. And man lost his origin in the Garden of Eden. His relationship, communion with God was cut off there because of sin and unbelief. Unbelief in what? The Word of God. Amen. So he says, that has nothing to do with it. That flesh has nothing to do with it. Why? Because God is not dealing in the ways of the flesh any longer. But now through Christ, his program has changed just like he said that it would. Genesis, Genesis 6, God speaks and he says that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair and took them wives of all which they chose. We see that living out in our day once again where, 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 where uh, it's the beauty of women arising upon the earth once again. And, and catching man's eye, turning them away from the things of God. So Brother Branham calls out so many, so many times, sons of God, turn your heads. Right. Why? It's the worship of women. Right. Woman has become the God of America, if not the God of most of the world. But, but she's, she's become a God unto men, and men worship her. They worship that image. They, what is it? It's, it's lust. It's back to the original sin. Satan trying to turn Paul's sons of God away, just like he did in Noah's day. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh. Yet his days shall be 120 years. So he also is flesh. So what was he besides flesh? He was a spirit man. He was a spirit and he was flesh. And God's saying, my spirit will not always strive with him. God's saying, there, I, there won't always be a problem with this flesh. One day that's going to change. One day there's, there's not going to be this struggle anymore. Brother Random says in, in the seven church ages, he says, no longer is he dealing by ways of the flesh. So we can just put that out of our mind. God's not perfecting your flesh. He's perfecting your spirit. And then one day your flesh will be transformed in the moment and a twinkling of an eye. That's how much time it's going to take God to put into your flesh to perfect it. Just a moment and the twinkling of an eye. How long has he been working on the spirit of men? He's been working on the spirit of men down through 6,000 years. That's what's important to God. He's bringing to maturity the image of God. He's bringing to maturity, revealing a little bit of his mystery at a time. In its time, in its season, God reveals a little more, reveals a little more until the end times when all the mystery of God would be finished. But as far as the flesh is concerned... God says, I just need the moment. I just need the twinkle of an eye. 
and that's all going to be looked after. So God's no longer dealing with the ways of the flesh. Brother Branham says, that is how he dealt with Israel. He chose Abraham and of Abraham's issue through the godly Isaac line. But now, out of every kindred, tribe, and nation, he has purposed a new creation. He is the first of that creation. He was God created in the form of man. So now we begin to see God's plan. Why why did God make man in the first place? Because that was always God's intention, that he would condescend, unfold himself down into, into man. And there, now he was the first of that creation. He was the first of that seed to come to maturity. He was the first one. He was created in the form of a man. Now by his spirit, He is creating many sons unto himself. God the creator, creating himself a part of his creation. This is the true revelation of God. This was his purpose. And this purpose took form through election. We can read in 1 Corinthians 15. So it it is written, the first man was made a living soul. And the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. How be it? That was not first which was spiritual, but that which was natural. And afterward, that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. And as is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also which are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, amen, we're well acquainted with the image of the earthy. We were born in that image. As we have borne the image of the earthly, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. So it's a sure thing because God has said so in his word. As we have borne the image of the earthly, we'll also bear the image of the heavenly. We must come to the maturity of the seed that lies within us. We read, I read this quote last time we were here. But just to jog our memories, when a man is converted, just say just like that little white button starts in his heart. Now that part is God. God, when he's, when he's, when he's born again with the Spirit of God, God's Spirit dwells within him. Now, as he can let that Spirit grow and take out all the roots of bitterness and press God's way through him again, he can become back in the same condition that he was when he was in the Garden of Eden. Amen. Back to original seed. Back to maturity. Amen. Verily, verily, I say unto you, if you say to this mountain, be moved and don't doubt in your heart, but believe that what you have said will come to pass and you can have what you said. That puts him right back supreme again. Puts him right back in the condition. Amen. The outer man was meant to reflect the inside. The outer man was not meant to be in control of the inside. We're not meant to be led by this flesh and led by the lusts of this flesh. Colossians 2, and you being dead in, in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh has he quickened together with him, having forgiven you of all your trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, that was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. 
all our trespasses, all the ordinances against us, everything that was written against us, everything, everything that was, had our name signed at the bottom. We did this. We did that. God took the whole thing and said, I forgive you through Christ. I forgive you. I've quickened you and I've forgiven you of all your trespasses. It's nailed to the cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly triumphing over them in it. Now this flesh doesn't have one thing to do with it. we got to stop listening to its complaining. It doesn't matter what circumstances look like. But faith says you're a son of God. Faith says you were made in his image. Faith says you come from God and you're going back to God. Faith says that. Faith in the word of God. Not faith in something we made up. Not faith in cunningly devised fables, as Paul said or, or Peter said. We did not come to you with cunningly devised fables, but, but we come to you preaching um, the, the gospel. I don't, sorry, I don't have that scripture in front of me. but Brother Brown says, speaking of the story of the, the eagle in the chicken yard. How many knows that story? Amen. Well... She said, well, you jump. You're an eagle to begin with. You're not a chicken. So he made his first jump and flopped his wings. Didn't do too good, but he got off the ground. That's the way we do. We accept God by faith, by the written word. There's something in there. It's that eternal life. You were predestinated to it. His grandpa and grandma were eagles. He was an eagle all the way back. Eagle don't mix with other things. He's not a hybrid at all. He's an eagle. And then after you recognized the very word of God was eagle food, then you left the other thing. You have then been formed into the living image of the living God. You heard from your theophany. Amen. We're living in the day of the maturity of that seed. We're living in the day of the manifestation of the sons of the living God. Every seed must bring forth of his kind. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh... Ye shall die. But if you, through the Spirit, not by your own abilities, not, not by living a legalistic message, but through the Spirit. So the first thing that has to come is the new birth. Only by the new birth can you live according to the Spirit. But if you, through the Spirit, that's capital S, not small s, the Spirit of God. If you, through the Spirit, do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So in this day that we live in, when the whole world is being led by their flesh, being led by their own desires, being led by what's going to lift them up above somebody else, in, in this day, now God is saying that we ought to be led by the Spirit. And in this day of such darkness, of such evil, God is calling sons and daughters to be led by the Spirit of God. In this day of pride, First Peter says, humble yourselves. 
Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. That he may. Not when we decide, all right, Lord, I've been humble, and I see a really good opportunity here to lift myself up. No, but humble ourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you. That he may, he will exalt you in due time. He will lift you up, casting all of your care upon him, for he cares for you. All of it, all of our care, all the things that bother us, all the things that trouble us, whether it be sickness, whether it be strifes, whether it be lying, whether it be stealing. What are you talking about, Brother Stephen? Talking about the Word of God. The Word of God says, put away lying. Steal no more. All these things. And we think, my, me? Are you, are you speaking? You're speaking to believers, Brother Stephen. Yeah, Paul was speaking to believers too. So was Peter. Cast all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. He hasn't given up. He brought Eve down. He tried to bring Christ down. And when he failed, when he failed and he couldn't bring down Christ, he couldn't bring the fall of Christ, he didn't give up. He didn't go back to his hole in the ground and say, well, I guess I lost. No, he's going about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So we must be sober, and we must be vigilant. We must pay attention. We must not be, not be drunk on the things of the world, not be drunk on distractions, not be drunk on filling our minds with all kinds of things. You know, there's all kinds of studies that, that say that your, your mind can only fit so much information, and then it begins to forget things. Your short-term memory, you begin to forget certain things because you filled up your ability to remember things in the short term. So we, we, we've, we've got our, our YouTube and we've got our, our social media and we've got all of these feeds and we've got our news that, channels that we like to watch and we, and we fill our minds with these things and games that we like to play and things that, that consume and take our attention and, and fill us up so much that, that we forget the Word of God. Not because we want to forget. No, we think, we think, and it's a trap of the enemy, we think that as long as I read my Bible and pray every morning, that I'll always, I'll always be good. I'll always remember. So as long as I do that in the morning, I can spend the rest of the day filling my mind with it, whatever I want. No, you, it can't be done. You won't be able to do it. The devil as a roaring lion goes about seeking whom he may devour. So be sober. Keep your mind clean. Keep your mind pure. Be careful of the things that you feed on. Be careful of what you allow. You don't, you don't need, maybe, maybe, maybe there's some things you need to feed on for your job. Maybe there's some things that you, you need to keep up on in order to, to carry on this life that we live. Certain things that you have to do. But be careful what you fill your mind with in your spare time because it will consume you so that you can't be sober-minded. It will consume you that you can't be stable. You can't, your mind can't be clear. Oh, I, I think there's a scripture about that. So I, I can't remember it right now, but I'll look it up later. You know, we, we forget, and it's important things that God is speaking to us. But because we fill our minds with so much till we become drunk on the things of the world. Be vigilant. 
Paul's, Peter's, not, Peter's not telling this to the unbeliever. Peter's not telling this to the world. Hey, if you guys would just sober up a little bit, you'd, you'd get a little more out of church. No, they're not coming to church anyways. He's speaking to the believer. He's writing a letter to the churches saying, hey, you need to be sober. You need to be vigilant. You need to be always, always aware. We're in a war. We're in a, there's, there's no time. The devil could come from any angle. There's, there's no time to let down the guard. But now is the time to hold it up high. Now is the time to be ready, to be clear-minded, not to sleep. Walking, seeking whom he may devour. I see we're running out of time here. Probably already ran out of time. I'm sorry. Is this all right? Is that enough amens to keep going, Brother Ed? <laughs> He's not giving me an answer. But the whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Knowing that there is saints all over the world that are going through the same things that you and I are going through. But the God of all grace, who has called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Amen. John says, Beloved, now we are the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Amen. Maybe the musicians could come. Made in the image of God. And God is now bringing that plan, that mystery that he had in his mind from before the world began. God and man one. God creating himself a part of his creation. God condescending. God coming down. And God beginning to work and move and, and unveil this plan. All that was in God, he poured into Christ. All that was in Christ, he poured into the church. That he might have the preeminences. Bring us back once again to a Garden of Eden. Don't put it off for another day. You might think, Brother Stephen, there's a lot there that you said. There's a lot there in the Word. There's, there's so much more that you could have said. There's so much more hidden inside those words. Don't, don't put it off for another day. Say, could it really be? Is this really, is this really the day of the manifestation of the sons of God? Amen. Don't put it off and say, well... I'll search it out someday, but I'm, I'm busy right now. I'm busy with my career. No, search it out today. The Bible says, today, well, it is called today. Harden not your hearts as in the day of provocation. The children of Israel thought they could just go on and go on and go on. Well, we're just not ready for the promised land. We're just going to wander around. You might think, oh, well, I'm just not ready for that. I'm just not ready for all it means to be a son of God. God's, God's not waiting till we're ready. There is a season, and there is a time, and now is the time to press in. We're living in the day of the Lord. We're living in the, in the rapture time. 
The rapture is the shout and the voice and, and the trump. And we're living in the midst of those events. They're unfolding all around us. All around us. And, and Brother Branham said in that, that well, the, Jesus said that that generation would not pass away until all of these things would be fulfilled. When you see the, the fig tree putting forth its leaves and all of these happen. So we know that we're living on borrowed time. So now is not the time to put it off and say, well, well, my mom and dad, they had time to get married. They had time to have a career. They had time to have children. They had time for this. They had time for that. No, you don't know how much time you have. He could come tomorrow. Tomorrow could be the day of, of, of the change of these mortal bodies. We don't know how much time we have. But the, as the Bible says, gather together and exhort one another, the more so as you see the day approaching. He said in Revelations, behold, I come quickly. The Bible says, they that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. What is it? They're in fellowship with the Spirit. They know who they are. They're led by the Spirit. They are the sons of God manifested. They are what the whole earth is groaning for. You can play that song, we've been made more than conquerors, overcomers in this life. Why don't we stand together? You are tonight what the whole earth is groaning for. All of creation is groaning, waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Where are those sons of God? I'll tell you where they are. They're sitting in rooms just like this tonight. All over the world, men and women of God sitting, listening, hearing the Word of God. Not hearing preachers speak, not hearing the voice of a man, but hearing the Word of God. You know, some of the things that I said were, were me speaking. But, but as sons and daughters of God, you hear when the Word of God is spoken. Something in your heart says, Amen. That's the Word. That's what I've been listening to. That's what I've been feeding on. The whole, all of creation is groaning for you to come to maturity, for you to come to manifestation. What is it? Those sons and daughters who were meant to have dominion over this earth, this earth that is in turmoil, this earth that does, they can't decide whether it wants to be warm or cold or, or, or climates all change their own. I'll tell you where the solution to global climate change is. It's sitting in this room. The solution is the sons and daughters of God who were meant to have dominion over the earth, who were meant to stand and say, peace, be still. Just like the firstborn among those brethren stood on the bow of the boat that day and said, storm, today is not the day to be raging. Be still. There's people on this, on this sea today that need to make it to the other side. Peace, be still. Like the children gave that little skit the other day of that, that boat, I sure appreciated that, that skit that, that they did, Brother Dan. That was wonderful. Amen. We see wars raging and, 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 and the Middle East in turmoil. And nobody knows what's going to be happening tomorrow. Is Lebanon going to be pulled into war? Is, is this country going to be pulled into war? What about Yemen? What about, what about uh, Iran? What about all of these things happening? And the, the Middle East is in such turmoil and the whole world is erupting. Do you, are you on this side? Are you on that side? Whose side are you on? I'll tell you where the solution is to peace in the Middle East. It's sitting in this room and in little rooms like this all around the world. 
Jude said, And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have ungodly committed, and of, and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. What is it? It's Christ in you. A new creation, God and man one. Not walking by the flesh, but walking by, this, by faith. Walking in the spirit. No circumstances will be considered when faith finds her bed and ground. Why don't we sing that together? We've been made more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. Oh, we've been made more than conquerors. We're overcomers in this life. Yes, we've been made victorious through the blood of Jesus Christ. Maybe there's a need on your heart because we're here dwelling in this body of flesh. And many times this body prevents us from doing the will of God, prevents us from serving God the way that, that we are called to serve God. 
Many times we have afflictions and things that God allows in our life to bring glory to himself. Sometimes to bring us to our knees so that we might meet him, so that we might know him in a deeper way like Job. Maybe you're going through something tonight that's been pulling you down and dragging you down. The devil's trying to bring doubt into your life. Say, well, maybe you're not a son of God. Maybe you failed here and you made this mistake and you really don't got it. Don't doubt the word of God. Just hold on to the promises. If you've got the Holy Ghost, you know you've met with him. You know there's something changed on the inside. But if you're here in this service tonight and you're saying, I don't have that quickening power. I don't have that holding power. You want to reach out to the Lord tonight and say, Lord, transform my life. Just reach out to God tonight in your own way. God sees every heart. And God sees every need. And God knows what you're going through. And God knows the questions on your mind and the things that you struggle with and the trials and the, the, the struggles and the arguments that you've had. And it's time to just do as Peter said and cast all your cares upon him tonight. Why don't we just do that tonight as we pray together? Let's just lay all our cares down at his feet. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, your word is truth. That's one thing we know absolutely for certain, O oh God, is that your word is true. Heavens and earth will pass away, but thy word shall never fail. And Lord God, we, there's so many promises, Lord, that you have given us, O oh God, that we've been made partakers of. And Lord, by your Holy Spirit, and Lord, we just want to lay a hold of those promises, Lord, that you've given us through Christ. And cry out, Lord, come on the scene for my need. Father, you see each one, O oh God, and I pray, Lord, that you would touch their lives, O oh God. Lord, I know that the insufficiencies of my own self, and Lord, I, I, I know that some of this tonight was broken up, and Lord, I was having difficulties putting some of it together the way that I felt that it should go, Lord, but Lord, you know, Lord, and Father, you knew what each one needed, Lord. And sometimes maybe what we need is just to see weakness in the pulpit and see that our brothers that stand here are just as weak as the ones that sit in the pew, that all of us need the grace of God. As we heard sung tonight, if not for grace, where would I be? But Lord, we have recognized by your word that in our worst times, we're a child of God. In our best times, we're a child of God. And Lord God, may that really become a reality to us tonight. May that anchor down and may you drop faith into our hearts, Lord, that we can leave here tonight anchored by the Word of God. Not doubting, Lord. Not move to the left or to the right. Not shaken, Lord, because we know we're living in a time when all that can be shaken will be shaken. But Lord, you, you have... You have brought us through this time, Lord, You have that we might be stabilized. Lord, we've been through shaking times in our life. We've been through struggles, 
Lord, those of us that have been been holding to your word now for for years, Lord. Lord, you've brought us through shaking times. Lord, that we could be stabilized in the word. Lord, through those shaking times, you brought us to the word that we could see who our faith is in. Lord, re-establish those stabilizers tonight. Lord, that we would just keep our eyes focused on Christ. And Lord, there's no doubt some here, younger ones, perhaps younger in the flesh, perhaps younger in Christ, who, Lord, are being shaken by events in their life, being shaken by things going on in the world. But Lord, as, as they are shaken, Lord, may, may you bring the word into their lives, Lord. Lord, may may they see that you're not dealing after the ways of the flesh anymore. But Lord, may they come to you and may they press in beyond the inner veil into the holiest of holies, Lord. That they may find that stability that is found in the Word of God. That they may find that peace that is found in Jesus Christ. That they may find that joy that is found in Jesus Christ. That they may find that liberty that is found in Jesus Christ. That, that sets us free. That we're no longer a slave to sin. That we are a child of God. Lord Jesus, as we leave here tonight... Let your Holy Spirit rest upon the hearts of every believer. Lord, as we enter into our prayer closets, oh God, when we get home, Lord, when we get shut in with you, Lord God, take away all the distractions. When the devil comes, oh, but you always do this in the evenings. You always spend your time on this game. You always spend your time on this news site. You always spend your time listening to this. Lord, may we just cast aside those things and lay aside every weight as your word instructs us. And Lord, may we get shut in in our prayer closets, Lord, that we might find you, Lord, that we might find that place that we need, Lord where victory lies, where victory is found. Oh, Lord, grant it, Father. Touch each life, Lord. Meet each need, Lord, we pray. In the precious name of Jesus Christ, we ask it. Amen, amen. We sing that song as we turn the service to Brother Ed. Our God is tremendous. When I'm in need, I call on the Lord. Amen, just call on Him. When I'm in need, I call on the Lord. Yes, and He hears me, yes, He helps me, He is faithful and true, won't forget His all. Oh, He's my companion, oh, my best friend, the only true God, there's no one greater, He's a wonderful Savior. Just
Oh 